Welcome to Brookstone's Be The One podcast, a special production of Brookstone School. I'm your host, Avery Wolf, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Today, we have a special guest visiting us, Mr. David McGee, the best-selling author of the award-winning book, Dear William, a father's memoir of addiction, recovery, love, and loss. He's also the host of his own podcast, The Mayo Lab Podcast with David McGee, and is the creator and director of operations of the William McGee Institute for Student Wellbeing at the University of Mississippi. The Institute is named after David's late son, William, who died of an accidental drug overdose. In this episode, we talk about how David has taken this tragedy and used it as a platform to help others. So join us as we talk about what we can do as parents, as friends, and as a school to better serve the mental and physical well-being of our children. So without further ado, let's hear my conversation with David. Welcome, David. Thank we you. We are so glad to have you here today. Thank you. It's one of my favorite schools that I've visited oh, so in the past two years. I think Brookstone's maybe up at the top number one. And uh, so now go. I'm back. And there I'm you are back. I know. Yeah. I know. Because yes. it, it, you were just here this fall. Yes. And so yes. we all had the privilege of hearing you speak and our students hearing you speak. And so... Um, so we're so glad you got to come back today. I think the privilege, honestly, was mine, and that's why I'm here again, is mm-hmm. you, you realize there's such a legacy in a school like this of, um, you know, w- w- it's a great school, but great mm-hmm. can always be greater, and the community right. has that same um, uh, legacy mm-hmm. of how do we get to the next level? Right. And, you know, my, my topic is student well-being, and that's something that is so deeply important at Brookstone. Right. So I was like, I got to get back. So here <laughs> I am. Well, for those of you who don't know your story and um, the message you're sharing and the work you're doing now, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so my story is um, not like unlike a lot of parents today. I mean, Mm -hmm. I got married, had a family, and I just had this big American dream. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was living that. And I thought I was kind of earning my way into that, Mm -hmm. teaching a young adult Sunday school class, coaching my three children in youth sports. Um, But the truth is, what I didn't recognize is that I was falling into addiction, and then therefore my children did too. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even though on paper we thought we were doing everything right, this big American dream was turning into a nightmare. And we lost our oldest child to an accidental overdose who was an honors college student, a track athlete at Ole Miss, yeah. almost lost our second son who had an overdose but recovered. And yes. thankfully, he found a decade of recovery. Almost, wow. you know, our daughter struggled with eating disorder, mm-hmm. but also she found recovery and I found recovery as well. And what I'm doing today is as our family, as I reclaim my marriage, our family, despite our loss of our son, William came back together and found mm-hmm. our joy, what we realized is we know how to do this. And I don't mean just we, I mean, right. we as a community at large mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not a big secret, but what we have to do is kind of break the barriers that mm-hmm. are keeping us, all families and all students and all individuals from having the joy they want and deserve. And right. so somehow I ended up with a calling and that became my passion. And so mm-hmm. Where we are today is we have the William McGee Institute for Student Well-Being, named after our late son, which is launching at the University of Mississippi, and it gets to do external work and try to figure out solutions to a greater problem. So we get to talk to schools like the excellent leaders here at Brookstone and excellent (laughs) students and faculty and get to engage with them and other schools throughout the country and go, 
what are you doing that's working? Right. What do you hear others are doing working? And ask mm-hmm. students, you know, meet them. How do we meet you where you are? Right. And we're aiming to bring all of that together to be able to create some things that we can then take into schools so that we can help get the tools necessary to arm today's students and tomorrow's students to be better equipped to deal Mm -hmm. with the pressures and challenges they face today around mental health and substance Mm -hmm. issues. It's such worthy work. It really is. And and needed right now, like more than ever before. I mean, the studies are clear and it knows no boundaries. It's in every community. Mm -hmm. It's at every economic Mm -hmm. level. It's at every teens today are suffering Mm -hmm. in ways mental health wise that we've never seen before. Right. Right. We see that anecdotally. Mm -hmm. We know that. We all know that. Yes. Um, So what are, what are some of the things you've found that we Yep. We can do better as schools, as, as and parents. Even, and I would say even as parents, and that's mm-hmm. a great question. Um, parents ask me often, if there's one thing you could tell me, if there's just, just one, one. I say, yes. hey, I got one. I got one. I got one. Uh, number one, talk to your students, your teens, in open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. We have the studies show that they don't respond well when we're telling them what they should do, mm-hmm. what they should not do, mm-hmm. how they should feel, what they respond to, even if they don't initially so much, is they, you have, they have a better chance of figuring out where they are to let them be seen and heard by asking them open-ended questions. How did it feel when you stayed home with your parents on Friday and you saw on social media that all your friends were out? Because that's actually a real thing. And our parent, Mm -hmm. our parent can't help our our parent role can't help but try to tell them, you you know, I mean, you've got so many friends and everything's great. And you've got that cheer thing in Disney next week and you've got everything going. I mean, don't let that bother you. But. Easier said than done. So Easier said than done because mm-hmm. things have changed and we live in a different environment. And it's not really whether when we're feeling alone or depressed or um, isolated, it's not really a matter of does it make sense? It's a matter of is that really how we feel? And right. if so, it it often needs attention. Right, right. Ooh, it's just... Um... There's so many layers of those emotions that you Yeah, have to... and, and it's hard. And so what I tell parents is the way to make it easy is ask them open-ended questions. Yep. Because when you when you close the questions, your your students can't find things that are within themselves. Like often they don't know the answer to right. tell you. But right. when you ask right. open-ended questions, they'll be shy at first. But mm-hmm. if you keep at it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you keep at it, eventually the answer will come. And a lot of times right. it's an answer your teen didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Once I kind of learned that tactic, I practice it a lot um, when I can with young people. If they're saying, hey, I'm struggling a little bit and I'm trying to help them get to a counselor or a treatment. Mm-hmm. And I use that tactic. And often I'm six questions in and suddenly they reveal something that they're surprised about right. that they didn't see right. coming. Right. I'll have a teen say, I had a college student, not, you know, not too many months ago, say, I'm suffering from anxiety. And I mm-hmm. asked him a lot of questions, and he was positive. It's just anxiety. Yeah, yeah I use alcohol. Yeah, I use yeah. marijuana on a regular basis. But mm-hmm. it's just because I suffer from anxiety. Right. His his parents could just convince, tried to convince me of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just anxiety. I'm saying, well, sure, it may be. What do I know? I, I don't right. want to, I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to try to be. But he wasn't ready to go for counseling because in his mind, he was Mm -hmm. self-medicating. He thought marijuana would solve it Mm -hmm. because he'd heard Mm -hmm. that. Well, that's actually not true. For a lot of people, marijuana use will actually increase their anxiety depending on their personality type or something. So 
And I said, you're not even, you know, 21, your brain is not ready for it anyway. Right. But what happened is I started asking him open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. And what he ended up revealing was, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Maybe I have a drinking problem, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and so he he couldn't have even told me that when we first mm-hmm. started talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep talking. You got to keep asking mm-hmm. them open-ended mm-hmm. questions and let them tell you how they feel, mm-hmm. and that's how you can figure out do they really need counseling. And right. if they if they if they if they suggest they are feeling deep anxiety or depression, and they say it, there's no sense. I mean. Really, the temptation of a parent, as I said earlier, is to try to talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. Really, what they need, what they need to hear is, "I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. How how can I help? Yeah, how can mm-hmm. we help? There, there's there's counselors and treatment available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, are you are you comfortable doing that? And then right. you make a phone call. I'm so sorry. Right. How can I help? Right. There, there's really no point trying to talk them out of what they've revealed is real. Right. Right. Ooh, and as a parent, that can be overwhelming. Well, it as can you know. be. It Ooh. can be. And I think as parents, it's overwhelming because I wrote a whole book about it. My <laughs> memoir, Dear William, is it's yes. overwhelming because guess what? I I, I was lost mm-hmm. in my journey. Right. I needed somebody asking me some open-ended right. questions mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. could barely manage myself. And mm-hmm. frankly, you know, I tell parents, it's okay that you are facing some of the same fears and concerns or anxiety or depression or even mm-hmm. substance self-medication. You're not right. alone. You're hardly right. the first. It's okay. Right. But it does right. make it hard. Right. It does make it hard because you feel the pain of your children so very much. You, oh, you we do. do not want oh, our children do. to suffer even the slightest pain. It, completely. Yeah. Don't want that at all. You hurt when your kids hurt. You and... you feel every bit mm-hmm. of it. And mm-hmm. if someone hurts their feelings, a mm-hmm. friend, you feel it like 10 times over. Right. And, right. you know, um, but what we have to remember is we have to keep the dialogue. The studies show that 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 students have, that's why I love a school like Brookstone. The mm-hmm. studies show that the more mentors and role models mm-hmm. you have, that you have a much better chance of success. That's right. one. Two, right. that the more you are engaged in structure, mm-hmm. but also engaged not just with role models, but mm-hmm. peers and, and, and around things with structure, mm-hmm. you also statistically have a much better chance mm-hmm. of success. So mm-hmm. that's why, mm-hmm. you know, a school like this can do such incredible work as they do. Um, you know, Jacob Crowder, I mean, oh. I've gotten to know him and I see He's how wonderful. students trust him. Mm-hmm. I see how he mm-hmm. loves and trusts them. Yes. Um, it, it, you know, Marty Lester, the leadership of them really understanding mm-hmm. how do we help not just teach algebra, but how do right. we help our students develop as whole beings? Mm-hmm. How do we help mm-hmm. them learn who they are to stand on mm-hmm. their own two feet and to yeah. make decisions for their best interest? Right. And it, I'm, right. I'm really proud of that work they well, do here. Well, thank you. I am too. I'm mm-hmm. grateful to be a part of that because, you know, we, we have to address Yes. All the things that our kids are going through and struggling with that, like you said, I think are on the rise. Yes. In many well, ways. Well, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're, they're, they're everywhere. everywhere. And um, so, you know, as parents, what are, they're obviously, they're obvious signs for us to look for, yes. but what are some things we mm-hmm. need to be paying attention yeah. to? Hey, look, the obvious are you hear change in behavior, but that's not always a giveaway, for example, mm-hmm. that your child is struggling with substances, because right. as we all know, you, uh, teens hit puberty mm-hmm. and bam, behavior changes, right. period. Right. Um, but w- a giveaway I say to look for is 
have they stopped looking you in the eyes? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean occasionally, so I don't want every mm-hmm. parent listening to panic and go, my child hadn't looked me in the eyes and like, oh my gosh, they've got, they're really struggling. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that if this becomes a pattern and you're asking them open-ended questions mm-hmm. and they cannot ever look up to you and engage, mm-hmm. you might need to think hard about getting them into some counseling pretty mm-hmm. quickly because it's not a given, but it's a major red flag warning right. sign. Yeah. Eye-to-eye engagement mm-hmm. is critical. Mm-hmm. Eye-to-eye mm-hmm. engagement. When I'm in schools around, I get, I'm humbled that I get to speak at a lot of schools and some universities around the country. And I, I, when, when these students speak to me, I try to lock eyes with them. Yeah. And, and yeah. I can tell where they are in the day based on are they locking back with me. About that. And mm-hmm. and you learn eye to eye. When mm-hmm. my marriage and my wife and I really went through a hard time, I probably quit engaging eye to eye with her. And that pains me to say that we're mm-hmm. we're we're happy. Don't feel sorry <laughs> for us. It's okay. It's uh, a beautiful but it, story. But, really. but it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I I could not just look eye to eye mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a red flag. I really yeah. do. Yeah. That's such a good doesn't point. doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong. It, right. might, it just means they're uncomfortable with yeah. where they are. Right. Exactly. And they're ashamed to show you. Yeah. Yeah. I think shame plays so much mm. into so much of this when, when, when people are trying to hide and cover and self-medicate. And you just want to create a place where it's safe for them to where there is no judgment, where there is nothing but help. And so, yes. you know, speak to that a little bit. That's what we're trying to do yeah. here at school. Well, I think it's really working. Mm. Um mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny because as I travel around, it's a running joke around me. People mm-hmm. are like, he's trying to talk about Brookstone again. <laughs> I have this well, thing so that wherever it comes up, I'm like, have I told you about Brookstone? <laughs> have I told you about Brookstone? <laughs> have I told you about Brookstone? <laughs> it's really, it's uh... it's a true story. and um, but But the truth of the matter is everywhere... We used to think, oh, that's in for that's their problem, or that's their problem, or that's right. their problem. It's now in every mm-hmm. single community. You know, yeah. the CDC, and I'm like, look, if the CDC's getting there, mm-hmm. then hello, mm-hmm. we got yep. a problem. The CDC yep. says teens today are in absolute crisis, mm-hmm. and that young women in particular, mm-hmm. middle school ages, are are, mm-hmm. are at just catastrophic crisis around mm-hmm. suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. sadness, aloneness, right, and it hurts me so bad to say that often I speak to middle school students, mm-hmm. and I knew that anecdotally already because a lot of times when I'm talking about what I faced as a teen about aloneness and depression right. and what my daughter faced with an eating disorder mm-hmm. and my son William, I look out across the audience and I'll see young women just tears streaming down their face, and sometimes it's all I can do not to break out sobbing because I just yeah. want to go give everyone all of the support they deserve and say, you are okay. And I want to ask them an open-ended question. What can I do for you? You know, and um, I I think that the, the, the reality is it, it is everywhere in no human. It's not just everywhere. There is no human in this earth. I just didn't understand it when I went through it. I thought right. it was just me. Right. I was right. embarrassed. Right. The shame you talk about. Right. There is no human that at some point doesn't feel, even the most successful professional or athlete mm-hmm. or whatever, doesn't feel, am I a fraud? Right. Am right. I like, 
I'm, am I fraud here? Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, who am I really? Mm-hmm. Uh, or feel alone right. or feel others are leaving them out. Could be yeah. family members or friends Absolutely. or, or feel like, you know what? I just don't feel like doing it today. I, I can't mm-hmm. get myself moving and I don't know why. I mean, these are so natural traits of humanity, yet we have attached such things of stigma around it that people are embarrassed to say. Right. And that's what we have to break down. And that's what we have to help students understand because uh, all humans, adults included, use substances to change how they feel. Mm-hmm. So if you start feeling shame, you're a lot more likely to use substances to hit dopamine right. to trick yourself into thinking you don't feel shame. You feel a false sense of joy. Right. It's a false front. Right. It's just stoking that dopamine thing. And when that wears off, you may even feel worse usually than you right. did before. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. Yep, for sure. So. Um, I love, you know, I was looking at your website for the Institute. Yeah. Um, tell me about, the, um, I wrote it down, the happiness team. Oh, Tell me yeah. about that because that yeah. just, that brought joy to me, mm. even thinking that that was part of yeah. your initiative. So what is yeah. the happiness so team? So what we've learned is, and I'm I'm proud that, you know, Brookstone is already doing some peer-to-peer education pieces. Yes. And mm-hmm. the, the, the research shows that, you know, when we talk about like we are teens struggling today, mm-hmm. right? The research mm-hmm. is very clear that peers help peers. Mm-hmm. Peer to peer works. There's things we know, mentors, mm-hmm. but peer to peer is such a critical part and yeah. maybe at the top. Yeah. And it's ironic that if you go to most schools across America, public, mm-hmm. private, doesn't matter, well endowed, not most schools across America, the one thing we know works is not being done anywhere. Really? Very ironic. So what we decided is a lot of our work, we needed to delve into that. So we created a happiness team and we invited students to join up to help us learn storytelling that we could come up with topics to help then take those college students into high schools and other places um, to be able to share peer-to-peer stories about aloneness, depression, substance mm-hmm. misuse, things mm-hmm. that they face so that other students can feel like, oh, it's not just me. It's not, it's just, not me. just me. Right. And I'm happy to tell you some people, a lot of people, I would say everybody at Brookstone will, <laughs> will knows uh, the Smiths. And we have a student, Clark Smith, who is on our, who's on Stop our happiness it. team. I kid you not. He's one of my favorite uh, people. And he has I this amazing Smith. story. I don't want to steal his thunder. Mm-hmm. I don't want to steal okay. his thunder, yes. but I will mm-hmm. just say he's got an amazing story about, um, you know, being identified as a good student and a friend, but as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And he, he went to college and felt like he needed to continue that. And it was, you know, at some point realizing but is is it time for me to move away from that in the feelings that he had? Mm-hmm. So you know, it, since you do know him and love him, I do too. And he's mm-hmm. he's by all, all all check marks, he's successful. He is, and right. he is amazingly so. But he's also human, right? And right. and so the you get the idea of peer to peer education mm-hmm. because he is looks perfect, but mm-hmm. he lets you know that he's not right by right. by saying I experience feelings of. Aloneness? Am I in the wrong place, mm-hmm. wrong time? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with myself? Mm-hmm. Where am I supposed to be? And that's what the happiness team is about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. got his joy and he made changes and he's doing great. Oh, 
Uh, that's kind of what I did in my life when mm-hmm. I was at a juncture and I was losing my marriage and my family and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it was a different circumstances than he mm-hmm. faced. He's just trying to decide where am I supposed to be. Right. With me, I decided I decided who am I supposed to be and how mm-hmm. am I supposed to be. And mm-hmm. but I think we get to these junctures and you know, peer to peer can help young people get yeah. there yes. more easily because they realize they're not alone. You can't look at someone even like that and go. Oh, this football star, this, this, they got everything. Right. But but no, they're actually human and they don't have any more right. than you have because right. we humans actually are all equal. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we all go through the same things. All go through the very same things, and just maybe we, at different times. Right. And why do we put people on a pedestal and think, well, they can't possibly uh, no. go through what I'm going uh, through. No. So I think that's such an effective so way effective. to share that message. And I'm message. proud of the peer-to-peer work uh, Brookstone is doing. So mm-hmm. secret, you know, out of the bag, mm-hmm. that's really what I'm doing here. I'm so yeah. impressed by the work that B- Brookstone is yes. doing. A colleague and myself are here to learn more, to think about how some of these good things here mm-hmm. yeah. might be able to be duplicated elsewhere. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's all about sharing what works. Uh, sharing what works. Works. And, it's, it takes a it takes a village, right? It takes a village, and it at the heart of that is wanting to take care of our kids, yes, and um and whatever it takes, yes. and it it's it the conversation has changed mm-hmm. changed so much since you know I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So if you're yes. when you're talking to high schoolers now, what are what are some of the the things that mm-hmm. you want to impart to them most. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. my favorites. I say, you've been sold a bad bill of goods about marijuana, your mm-hmm. generation. And I say, look, I'm not I'm not passing any judgment on legal, not legal. I, I don't right. care if it's legal everywhere. Whatever right. is the health, whatever's for the best for the health of the country, mm-hmm. what research shows, that's fine. But the research is clear on this. Mm-hmm. For young minds, it is extremely damaging. Mm. It is it is um debilitating and we are seeing ridiculous amounts of soaring uh, marijuana addiction and even mm-hmm. psychosis and we're seeing young men uh impacted more specifically by that, not sure of all the reasons why. Also, Mm -hmm. the reason is marijuana is about 400% stronger today, street marijuana, than Mm -hmm. it was in 1995. So a lot of the cultural stories that are told of of this not being addictive, this Mm -hmm. not being harmful, formed when in a different era and a different day. Today, Mm -hmm. it is incredibly potent, and it's Mm -hmm. used in ways, vaping and other means, that is incredibly potent. And I'm telling you, on college campuses across this country, we're hearing Mm -hmm. over and over uh, student affairs people say, and and doctors, I was just talking to a doctor in not my college community, but another one Mm -hmm. recently, and he said, you know, students are just their marijuana addiction is stunning. Mm. And he said, I, I'll see them even try to quit for a couple of days and they're vomiting. They're, mm. it, 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 he's like, do people know this? I said, no, no. they don't know it. And students, right. I'll even have students tell me, well, you know, I'm just self-medicating for anxiety. Mm. And I say, mm-hmm. like I said a bit ago, I was like, yeah. and I just try to give them research. I say, okay, I hear you. But I say, did you know that for at least 50% of the people that use it depending on your personality type and what strain that it actually is not only not taking your anxiety away it is greatly exacerbating it wow. so you're just drowning in anxiety wow. because of it mm-hmm. plus a whole lot of other things and mm-hmm. and you know it that's the big thing also the fact that even in states where it's legal now mm-hmm. um and of course it's 21 so that doesn't apply to students at all but even right. states where it's legal most are still most sales are still according to studies uh street marijuana and then once that's happening 
people have a relationship with a drug dealer and then they're often selling counterfeit pills that have fentanyl in them. So that, that the message that I see to students, I say is, you know, don't take this lightly. Right. Really think about, you, you do whatever you want, I tell them. Mm-hmm. It, what mm-hmm. you do is your choice, ultimately. But mm-hmm. what I would say is, as a young person, the studies say the more time you can give yourself with a clear mind, mm-hmm. if you're sure you want to do that, what I always say is, just wait. Mm-hmm. Just wait. Mm-hmm. And and let your mind develop. And the studies show that the longer a, a teen goes without using substances, mm-hmm or misusing substances, the much greater the likelihood that they will not have their joy stolen by substances later. So it's like let their brain develop. Just take your time. Just take a deep breath and figure out later what you want to do. And actually, it's kind of a joke, right? Because if they take their time and then don't, they're actually probably not going to later. Probably not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really Uh, want them to when I say it's your choice later. It is their choice because I know it is. But what I want (laughs) is them to have the same clear minded joy that I have and my son right. Hudson has who when he got yeah. off marijuana he's like I learned that because 10 11 years ago when he got off of it he's like wow um I wish somebody had told me I didn't right. tell him I told him not to because I just didn't like it right but I tried to punish him out of it I didn't understand right. it they need my boys needed counseling yes because it, they, they didn't need to be in trouble they were doing something to change right. how they felt and there was some deep-rooted issue there right so so speak to that a little bit too so you have a child who is in in the grips of it. Yeah. What can we do as families at that point? Yeah. Therapy, 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 mm-hmm. or treatment, treatment, treatment. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. And often mm-hmm. parents are afraid of the stigma of that, but mm-hmm. it works. It works. It works. Yeah. And it works better the more long-lasting, mm-hmm. the earlier you get it. Yeah. And so I tell parents, sometimes I'll have a parent say, yeah, I mean, he's mostly struggling or she's mostly struggling, but I think it's it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to talk themselves out of yeah. counseling or treatment because they can't handle the stick. They think it's going to be like a scarlet letter right. on their child if right. they go to treatment even. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, I talked to a young lady um, this past fall who... Um, who was a 11th grader in high mm-hmm. school, and she had gone away. She is a 10th grader. She had just had to leave and go to residential eating disorder treatment. Mm-hmm. And she was really the first in her school mm-hmm. that people knew that had gone and come back. A few right. had left and not come back. Right. And she said, you know, I was afraid of the stigma. She said, what I realized is when I came back, I'm thriving. And what yeah. they knew me before as was sick. Yeah. And they, I had potential, but I was struggling. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I came back as is thriving. And so my hangups about coming back to school, I realize I'm helping break the stigma because people are watching me thrive now mm-hmm. and they can see like, you can do this and you mm-hmm. not only can do it, you mm-hmm. you will absolutely flourish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you've deepened your emotional intelligence, you've right. deepened your personal problem solving. And mm-hmm. that's how we humans do flourish individually right. and even collectively is yeah. we're able to think through and problem solve and not just cast blame, false blame mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I'm um, talking about community. Um, you know, you met with, as we said, some of my favorite people today. Yes. And, yes. Um, and, and it's true in so many different areas of our lives, but especially in this, the, to be able to come together as parents and as uh, Mr. Blanchard is very yes. well known for saying, locking arms and lifting each other mm. up. And to be able to create an environment at our school, in our you mm. know, faith communities, yes. in our families to where like, there is no shame. We are in this together. Like we are going to just do this together. So well said. Mm -hmm. And that actually is the secret to success. We Mm -hmm. just have to begin the open dialogue. Mm -hmm. This isn't, there should be no 
nothing but joining arms and moving forward mm-hmm. on this. This mm-hmm. is the the unity path of right. the right. health and well being of of all individuals, right. of all families, and right. therefore it our community and that those communities. If we do this right, will spread across America. Right. Our families right. are hurting today right. at mm-hmm. all levels, and mm-hmm. we need to join together and just mm-hmm. say, "Let's move forward." But right. it does it. It does. There's strength in numbers in that, in mm-hmm. people with shared minds and and who understand God's grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. of how you know, like, yeah, we we humans are broken, but mm-hmm. there is that better day, that new moment is just a fingertip away, and right. it's joining together to help bring that new opportunity and you know that grace to so many. And I think right. collectively, it's it's self fulfilling. The more mm-hmm. people see that success, the more right. people want to join the movement. Right. Right, totally, and and to not be afraid to ask for help. That's right, and um and to admit, yeah, we need help as a family, we, we, as a as right. a person, all those things, um, and, and as a community, as a we community. really do. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So, what? So, what gives you hope? And, and when you yep. how how do you stay in this business, if you will, mm-hmm. and and keep your hope. And yeah. not and not get discouraged by all the bad news that yeah. can be out there. Well, I know there because I've, I've, I'll have people call me up and say, "Hey, can you talk to my child and help put get them into treatment or something?" Mm-hmm. And I get to know them, and then I'll lose them to an overdose, mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. makes you sick. Yeah, and you think I can't yeah. get I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But then you you do find that that next moment is a new beginning, and right. you do you know stick to your principles of um you know, faith and how you move forward. And that's a big part of it for me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what drives me forward though is I've seen so much success because yeah. I've seen it actually does work. Right. There are so many studies on human happiness and joy and flourishing. We know how to get there. Yeah. But but like we know how to solve algebra problems and how to teach it. But now what we have to do, since we have all these studies of human happiness and joy and flourishing and all that, we have to bring all that together and put some yeah. tools in place that we can enact in communities all across America mm-hmm. to start reaching students at kindergarten. Right. People say, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. You got you got to start getting to high school students. I'm like, hello. <laughs> I don't think so. We're going a lot more upstream yeah. than that. Yeah. We're, we're targeting kindergarten. Yeah. We're starting at the K. Yeah. You yeah. know, and... uh yeah. That but but when you see uh, families restored, when you mm-hmm. see individuals restored, and when you see people like my daughter who was mm-hmm. just in the grips of eating disorder and didn't know mm-hmm. how she could get out of it, mm-hmm. um, and you see them find their joy and then move on to families and life that is flourishing, mm-hmm. it it that gives you all even amid the heartbreak, it gives you all the encouragement you need. Yeah. For sure. Well, your your whole family is a walking testimony. It, it, really. It's amazing. It's amazing um, that they gave me the blessing to tell their... It, it was one thing to tell my story in my right. memoir, Dear, Dear William. Right. It was right. another for my wife, for my son Hudson, my daughter Mary Hallie. You know, my son William was gone, so he didn't have a say. I just had his story in my hands. But all those that are still with us, they had to give me their blessing to reveal a lot of scars and a lot of pain. And they're still on this earth, and I don't know how they did that. I I don't know. But they they did. They Mm -hmm. came to me and said, you don't need our permission. Write anything you want. Wow. And just tell the truth and tell the story to help others. And they they were the heroes of that Dear William story. Um, They really are because it it people say I can't believe you revealed all that for yourself. I'll be yeah, but 
that's my story. What about right. me telling the story of my family members? Right. And without them, the book doesn't happen. Without them giving me that blessing, the book doesn't happen. Then this school movement's not happening. It's just none of it happening. And that's why it takes some selfless acts to lock arms, as you say, right. and move forward. Right, right. It's a beautiful book. Thank you. It is a beautiful book. Thank and, you. Um, and so... So like you said, you laid everything out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you hope that people will take away from it? I, I think that my message in my memoir, Dear William, is it's not a book of addiction, even mm-hmm. though the, the publishers have to categorize them. Right. It's mental health. It's addiction. It's a faith yeah. book. I mean, right. mm-hmm. but it's about resilience. Mm-hmm. It's about that. resilience. And I have a line I wrote in the book, and I, I wrote it. You think I could remember exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm going to write it down someday where I can pull it out, because sometimes I go, what was that line I wrote? <laughs> but the general concept is um, resilience um, is a most generous friend of a salvage. It, re, resilience is the salvaged soul's most mm. generous friend. I think oh, that's how wow. I wrote it. Resilience really is the profound. salvaged soul's most generous friend. In you feel like when you're at that moment, like I was, and I was counting my last breaths. I mean, I probably got down to number one. Mm-hmm. And it, w- when you learn to just find some tool to get you to that next moment, that resilience pays enormous dividends. And that's a lesson that I want, dear William, my book, and I, this journey to teach to others, because it's the resilience that gives hope. Because it does restore, and the joy does come, and and a lot of other things come, and it mm-hmm. it's so, it's so generous, mm-hmm. and it just feels in that moment like it'll never come. Right. There's always a second chance, and yes. a third oh, chance, and a fourth chance. Indeed. Just I've always. seen people use a seventy ninth chance where everybody <laughs> written them off, and you say, "Don't give up on that person." Right. Right. And and you right. look and like, oh my! I've got a student that was mm-hmm. that way recently. I know him well, and. I mean, I'm not going to admit, not deny that at times I don't, I don't know if he's going to make it, mm-hmm. but he did, mm-hmm. and he is, it's just and he's thriving, mm-hmm. you know? Right, um, right. And that's what you want, is yes. you want to be able to see that. Yeah, and I get to see enough of those to keep me coming back for more. Well, good, good. Well, I, um, I cannot thank you enough for, oh, for this you. story and thank for you. being willing to write it and for using... Um, your heartbreak. Thanks. Um, to help lead others to healing. Thank you. Um, thanks. It it is profound work you're doing. Thank so, you. Um, so whatever we can do to help, we want to do it. Well, I think that I've been working on a lot of that at Brookstone on this trip with my uh, colleague and friend Alexis Lee. We've had an amazing visit, and what I would tell people too is tune in to. We've got this new podcast that yes. we've launched. Yes. So I work in the William McGee Institute for Student Wellbeing at the University of Mississippi, named after our late son. And within the institute, we have the Mayo Lab. And we mm-hmm. just launched the Mayo Lab podcast. Our Mayo Lab is where we'll do a lot of our work with schools. And we just launched the Mayo Lab, M-A-Y-A-O, the Mayo okay. Lab podcast with David McGee, M-A-G-E-E. Okay. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, uh, you know, where wherever, wherever um, Apple iTunes, mm-hmm. wherever uh, podcast you listen to them. Okay. And that podcast is built for parents. Awesome. Every single episode awesome. is about how to talk to your students, experts talking about substances, what parents should know. Mm. That podcast is built for parents. That's perfect. That is perfect. 
So we we will include links to all of that. Great. And when thank we publish you. this one, um, Deal. because like I said, it takes a community. We are all in and this And thanks together. for your podcast. This has been amazing, and I'm just so honored. And I look forward to all my tr- uh, trips back to Brookstone. Yes, no kidding. For, yeah. This is just your first yeah, interview. First, yeah, so, yes. this is my second. Well, second of more to come. There, there you yes, go. There you go. So thank that's you so it. much thank for you. being with us today. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that visit with David. It was such an honor to be able to interview him and our conversation left me filled with hope and I was so encouraged. I'm so grateful that he and his family are willing to be so completely vulnerable and to use their story to bring hope and healing to others. And as David alluded to, student wellness is at the forefront of our minds here at Brookstone and we are very intentional in our programming to better serve our students and our parents as we navigate many of the issues that our families are faced with today. If you would like more information about the many things we have in place here at Brookstone, I invite you to reach out to Jacob Crowder, our Director of Counseling, with any questions you might have. His contact information will be in the show notes. And if you're interested in finding out more about how your child can become a part of the Brookstone family, reach out to Ann Parker, our Director of Enrollment, for more information. Her contact info is also in the show notes. I'm Avery Wolf. Thank you for listening today. We're grateful for you and for your support of this podcast. And to all the Brookstone Cougars out there, always remember to be the one 